Hello, friends. I hope you're doing well, and I hope you're safe, and I hope that, you know, God is moving in a fresh way in your life right now. You know, last week, if you don't remember, we talked about a rule of life, and it's basically a spiritual practice that we think could be really helpful for right now, just to get some boundaries and rhythms and rules in place so we're pushing after what God's calling us into. So if you haven't listened to that, please go listen to it. We think it's really helpful. But also, if uh, you have formed a rule of life, which some of you have told me that you've started yours, do me a solid. Would you go ahead and go on like social media and just share that? Share what your rules are and tag First Woodway College Ministry or First Woodway Young Adult Ministry, just because we want to share that with people. So maybe they'll get inspired to form their own rule of life. And we just think that it could be so beneficial for so many people to kind of set some boundaries and rhythms so they can chase after what God has for them. So this week, uh, the topic is going to be on evangelism during quarantine or, um, you know, evangelism during this uh, shelter in place order. What does that look like? It just feels like, you know, it feels like we're kind of trapped here. How can we go spread the gospel? And so since that is the topic, I thought, you know, today would be a good time uh, to talk about Beach Reach because Beach Reach was this incredible trip that we did at South Padre where we got to share the gospel with so many different people. And I thought it'd be better if you heard it from somebody else, not from me. And so I'm going to interview Nate and Raven, and they're going to share some stuff with us. And then I'm going to do a little bit of a message on Philippians, um, talking about what evangelism could look like right right now. And then we're going to come back to Nate and Raven, and then we'll wrap it up. All right, so uh, here's some excerpts from my little talk with them on Zoom. So let's check it out. All right, so I got Nate and Raven here, and uh, they've agreed to come on the podcast and talk with me a bit about Beach Reach. And uh, so first off, why don't we just kind of go around and introduce yourself. So uh, Nate, how about, how about you say uh, what year you are, uh, what you're studying, uh, anything else you want to add? Yeah, sure. Um, my name's Nathan. I'm a senior at Baylor. I'm doing bio pre-med, um, and I'm also a CG leader here at First Woodway. Cool. Cool. Raven, tell us about yourself. I'm Raven. Um, I uh, am a freshman at MCC studying child development. Um, and I, I guess I just started coming to um, Devo like last semester. So yeah, this is new. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. So uh, both of you guys went on Beach Reach. I went on Beach Reach. is incredible. Um, but I just kind of want to hear from you guys just so everyone else can hear. Uh, what does what does a typical day of beach reach look like? Um, so it's kind of different every day, but mostly you get up, serve pancakes to people, and then we would do beach evangelism and street evangelism, which is where we just like walk the streets and beach and just start conversations with people, talk about Jesus with them, and then we would give them our cards that had our numbers for the vans. And at night, we would give them van rides and then pancakes again at midnight. Go. Cool. Nate, anything to add? Uh, I mean, not really. Uh, some nights we were up until 4 a.m. and some nights we went to bed at like 1030. <laughs> so it, it, it varied throughout the week. Um, but I guess just another thing to add is just we worshipped uh, before going out into the vans and onto the streets. 
um, which was super awesome that we're just able just to like as an entire beach reach, not just Baylor, but just all of us. I think there's how many students were there? Like 200 something? Uh, more than that. I have no idea, but yeah. yeah. It was a crazy amount. So it was, it was super awesome just to worship with all of them and then listen to a sermon and kind of just like kick it off that way. Like we're all on fire sort of stuff. Yeah. Every night getting hyped before we go out. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, so what, like, what was, what was like one of the biggest things that uh, God taught y'all during this trip? Um, yeah, I think just kind of reflecting on it just for the past two weeks. Um, it's interesting just to kind of think about just, you know, if you really start living for the spirit, you start to see him show up. Um, and not to get too much into my testimony, but I'd say like the past year has just been, just been really crazy, just really getting to know God and just understanding what he's about. Um, and so there's like a lot of things that I would read about um, just in terms of like spiritual gifts and stuff. That's like, Oh, that's, that's awesome to, to read, but I doubt I'll ever experience that in my life. But, you know, I think we'll talk about it later, but just in terms of like healing or like prophecy or like stuff like that, it was, it was super cool to, to witness um, firsthand. Um, so yeah, living for the spirit and then just starting to see him show up in, in crazy ways. But also just on top of that, um, just talking to so many people on the beach and the, in the vans, um, people are in a spot in their lives where they need Jesus, um, whether they know it or not. And so I think it's, I think it was just like a really good week of just understanding that people need him and to kind of, um, we had staying is CTC LTJ, which is cut the crap. Let's talk Jesus. Um, and so it's really cool just to kind of live that out 24 seven for a whole week. Cool. Raven, anything? Um, well, I feel like God really taught me, um, that he uses people in different ways. Um, I was really discouraged at the beginning of the week because all my friends were having great gospel conversations and even got to see people come, uh, to know Christ. Um, but I only talked to like three people maybe. And so like, I was really upset. Um, but I prayed a lot about it and I now know that God, um, used me where I was needed and I ended up having a great week and grew so much stronger in my walk with Christ. Um, and just God really shows up when you are willing to follow him. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Awesome. So true. Um, so on that note, sounds like good things were happening, but what, what uh, was y'all's favorite story from the trip? Well, <laughs> um, I learned that Blake is prophetic. <laughs> um, so, um, uh, so he called us one night um, while we were on the vans and said that he kept hearing the name Allison, uh, specifically for our van. Um, so we were all really excited waiting to get an Allison on our vans. But when our shift changed, no Allison came on and we were a little discouraged. Um, we started doing street evangelism and at the pancakes tent. And Nate started talking to a group while I started talking to a couple and I was having a really great conversation with the guy and he was letting me share the gospel and asking great questions. But then he asked me a hard question that I didn't really know um, how to answer. Um, and so I just was like, uh, Nate, come help me please. <laughs> and he like stepped in and helped. Um, and then I like went up to the girl that he was talking to and I was like, I'm so sorry that I took Nate from you. And we started having a, a great conversation and I shared my testimony with her and got her number. Um, mind you, she told me her name was Allie and I didn't think anything of it. <laughs> and so afterwards I went back to Nate and so we could recap and he was like, you do realize her name was Allison, right? And I was like, what? 
and we were all like super pumped about it and um we just couldn't wait to see how the rest of the week was going to go because we met an Allison. Um, and the next day I started messaging her and asking her how her day was. And she started telling me how she was having a rough time and I was trying to cheer her up. And she ended up telling me that she wanted to jump off her balcony. Mm -hmm. And I immediately rushed to Blake and Emily to tell them. And I ended up having to call the emergency number to make sure she was safe. Um, and then after that, she never messaged me back. And I was really upset, um, but everyone helped me realize that it was okay because she was safe. Um, I tell this story not because it was a happy ending, but to let people know that God uses people in different ways. You may not see the end result every time. That's not what we're here for. We're here to plant seeds and help people grow. Um, don't be discouraged if people don't receive the gospel. You might just be the person who puts the name Jesus in their heads, and that's okay. Awesome, man. Amen. I don't even have to, I don't even have to teach anything after this. That was super <laughs> Yeah, that was, that was a crazy, that was a crazy situation. Um, yeah. That, that whole thing blew my mind. Um, so yeah, it was cool. It was cool to watch you navigating that, that whole trip. It was super cool. Nate, what about you? Do you have a favorite story or? Yeah. Um, I'd say the, the coolest thing happened on Thursday night. Um, one thing, another thing that I learned um, throughout the week was just like the power of prayer and just, how God answers it, um, whether it be super quick or it takes time. But, um, I had a lot of really good conversations with a lot of people, um, on the, on the beaches, on the vans, but I hadn't been a part of leading someone to Christ, uh, that week. And so kind of selfishly, um, Thursday was our last day. So like Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening, somewhere in there, I kind of prayed like, God, like, you know, while I'm here, I kind of just want to be a part of that. You know, I'd, I'd really like to experience that on, on the Island. And, um, I'd say probably not even, an hour later, I ran into this woman on the sidewalk. I was with Adrian and Emily Azell, um, goes to a different church, but it was just us three just walking on the sidewalk, just talking to people about Jesus and stuff. And um, it was our last night. So we we're kind of just going ham and just talking to so many people. And uh, so we, we stopped this woman. She was going the opposite way um, on the sidewalk and um, just stopped her and just to get to know her and stuff. And we we're just asking questions and, I forgot who started it, but um, someone asked, like, hey, like, I got to ask, like, do you know Jesus? And um, so we talked to her for probably like 30 minutes or so. And um, just to give a little backstory, she's 28, um, has three kids ranging from two to nine, and she's from Houston, Texas. And uh, she was there in the island just for the weekend um, because it was her first weekend off without kids for a while. Um, but none of her friends would follow her. So she was there alone. Um, and so we were just talking to her like 30 minutes or so. and she was talking about all the good things that she was doing and um, just doing for other people and just kind of blessing their lives and their walk with Christ. And, um, but after a while, I kind of realized like this woman just doesn't understand grace at all. Um, mm. Cause she was talking about a lot of stuff that happened in her past and just seemed like she just wasn't somehow able to get over things and just had this, just like a lot of baggage on her. Um, and so I asked her, uh, I was like, Katrina, like, you know, on a scale from zero to 10, how sure are you that you're getting into heaven? And almost immediately she was like, oh, zero. Like, absolutely. I'm, I've done so much crap in my past. I've done so many things. There's just no way uh, I could climb back up that ladder. And she just kept talking about that. And I was like, Katrina, you know, you could be a 10 right now. And her eyes just, just like lit up. Um, it, was, it was just so cool just to be in that moment. Uh, her eyes just lit up and she's like, tell me. Like she, she was just longing for that. And so we shared the gospel for the second time with her. Um, the first time, I guess it just didn't stick. Um, but 
it was just, I have no doubt that she's saved just because I just, the spirit just came into her right then because I was, as I was sharing the gospel, as we were sharing the gospel, um, like I was even done presenting it and it just seemed like she read the entire Bible. It was like a new creation, just like, just instantly. Um, and it's just like, it was so cool. And, uh, one of my favorite moments just in that was Adrian just celebrating like crazy on the sidewalk, <laughs> just like jumping up and down and screaming. And like, we have a new sister. It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, just to be a part of that, just like instantly. Um, and we were just encouraging her just like with her future walk and stuff and, um, ended up giving her my Bible and she went back to her, uh, hotel to read it instead of heading to the bar where she was going. Um, so I texted her the next morning. And I was like, Katrina, I just got to ask, especially after last night, like, how are you doing? And it was something along the lines of, you know, I woke up, I feel amazing. Like it's my first day without any change. And I'm so ready to walk with Jesus instead of behind him. Wow. And it was just like, I've already cried about it like eight times telling this story. <laughs> so like, I'm cool telling it now. But it was just so cool that she just like was longing for Jesus, but just had no idea. Um, and so the next question was just like, yeah, so that's amazing you know, I'm so excited for you. Like, can we help you find a church? And she's like, Oh no, I already reached out to my former mother-in-law. Like I'm already plugged in. I'm ready to go. And like, dang, that's so cool. Um, just like overnight, just, it was amazing. Um, so I guess on top of that, another thing is that I learned this week is just being bold and just cutting the crap. Like, let's just talk Jesus, you know, just stop a random woman on the sidewalk. And if I would have, like, if we would have never talked to her, then Lord knows where she'd be right now, you know? Mm -hmm. And so not that her salvation determines her kids or her families, but it's just like, it was awesome just to send her home, you know, just as a new creation, as a, as someone walking with Christ instead of behind him. It was, it was awesome. It was a great way to end the trip. Yeah. That was so cool. Um, yeah. So what, what would y'all say to somebody? Um, Cause you know, last year we, we sent a couple people to beach reach and this year, um, took a couple more and then next year um, I'm really hoping that we take a ton of people. So what would you say to somebody that's like on the fence and they're debating about whether or not they should go to beach reach? Do it. That's, that's <laughs> much basically what I have to say. Um, this was my first mission trip. So I had no experience with like this much evangelism. Um, and I was terrified. Um, but it was the best week of my life. I, and I don't say that lightly. Um, I'm not saying it was easy, um, but I grew so much in my walk and in my faith with Christ. Um, and I found like the best community like I could ever find um, with the people from this trip. The people I met um, have made me feel so loved and included. And it's awesome to see how God will put people in your life right when you need them. Like I'm telling you, everybody gets something different from this trip, but it's all good. Like, like people like discouraged me, like not like, like they were like, Oh, it's going to be really hard. Like it's going to be so tough. And it was, but like, it was so much better than like what people were saying. And I was like, no, you're like discouraging me, but everybody needs to go. This is the best trip of your life. I'm telling you. Awesome. Awesome. Amen. Nate, anything else? Uh, yeah. Just to reiterate, do it. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I've been on mission trips before, um, but they mainly focused on construction or like, working on the on-site clinic, just helping out kids and stuff. But I've never been on a trip that focused solely on evangelism. And it's probably the week in my life where I felt the most purpose and the most fulfillment. Um, and so like just coming, like the trip is amazing. I think it's awesome to 
to talk to so many people, but I also think it's just like a really good week of practice just for coming back to Waco. Um, yeah, like I was pumped before, but I was even more pumped after I was like ready to go and like let people know about Jesus and inspire my people to go out and do the same. And so it was, it was extremely life-changing and to reiterate what Raven said, like, yeah, it was exhausting. Like I probably averaged four hours of sleep a night, if that. Um, but I was the most energized, like I've been in a while, you know, I can't remember the last time I didn't take a nap in a week. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It was, it was such a good trip. And, um, honestly, I I didn't plan it this way, but I like that we got you two guys on here to share because, uh, both of y'all's favorite stories are different. Um, so one of them's like about straight up gospel conversation, someone followed Jesus. Um, and then another one's like, this person was talking about suicide and we got to call the cops and like send them over there to protect her and take care of her. And that's awesome. Like, that's what, um, if y'all remember, y'all remember that night where like the police officer came out there and just talked about how our presence on the Island, uh, just stopped so many sexual assaults, um, so, so much drunk driving, just so many, so much craziness. And so it really is, um, it's a good thing. Right, so that was a little excerpt from my conversation with Nate and Raven. Love those two. And, you know, you're going to get to hear some more from them later. Uh, but here's the thing. The things that were happening at Beach Reach, it was just incredible. And so many of our students had stories like Nate and Raven's. I mean, it was just so cool. And so we all came back, pumped to Waco to start sharing the gospel everywhere. And then, of course, COVID-19. So I think there's this temptation for some of us to think that with quarantine and shelter in place, that the gospel has been put on hold. I mean, if we're stuck in our homes, then how can we go to the ends of the earth spreading the gospel, right? So I want to kind of talk to that temptation, that temptation to believe that the gospel has been put on hold, that the mission has been paused. Uh, So to that question, I just want us to imagine what does shelter in place evangelism look like? What does quarantine evangelism look like? And so I think one of the good ways to think about this is uh, we're going to read over Philippians 1, 12 through 14. So Philippians chapter 1, 12 through 14. I think this passage is particularly helpful to us because Paul was writing to the church in Philippi and he was writing from prison. He'd been in prison in Rome and so now he's prevented from going out and spreading the gospel like he had. You have to remember, Paul's like Paul's the one that took like three missionary journeys all over the place, and now he's stuck in a spot in Rome. Um, so let's read what he has to say whenever he's stuck in a place and he can't go out to share the gospel. This is Philippians 1, 12 through 14. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I'm in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. All right, so this is insane. Basically, Paul writes them and says, hey, I want to give you an update on what's happened to me uh, being in prison. So he's in prison. He says, he starts off and says, the gospel has been advanced. And he gives us two ways that the gospel has been advanced while he's in prison. He says, first, the entire palace guard has started to know about Jesus. 
He goes, and second, the church in Rome has begun to proclaim the gospel without fear. So I just want to press pause there. Here's the first thing. One of the main things I just want us to take from all of this. I love the imagery that Paul is giving us. This is what he's basically saying. Even though Paul was in chains, the gospel continued to advance. Even though Paul was confined, the gospel continues to progress. Our situation and our circumstance will never limit the spread of the gospel. The gospel cannot be stopped. I don't know your situation today. You might be in Waco with friends. You might be at home with your family. You might just be alone. I don't like I don't know your situation. However, I do know this. God isn't done with you, and he can spread the gospel through your current circumstance. He isn't done with you, and he can spread it through your current circumstance. The gospel cannot be confined. It will only progress. Now, we're not in Paul's situation, so we're not in prison. Uh, But for many of us, we are limited in what we would normally do. But even with our limitations, let's just take a moment and reimagine what God could be doing here in this moment. It might be helpful to think about the gospel spreading in the categories that Paul uses. So he talks about the gospel uh, spreading in two places. He says the gospel spreading where he's located, which is in prison. And he talks about it being spread outside the prison with the church in Rome. So let's imagine what it would look like for the name of Jesus to be spread wherever you are, meaning wherever you're quarantined, wherever you're in a shelter in place. What would that look like in your situation? You know, maybe you have a family member or a roommate that doesn't know Jesus. How can you serve them like Jesus? When will you tell them about Jesus? If several weeks, months from now, you wrote me an email saying, Hey, Blake, I just want to give you an update. Uh, this whole COVID-19 thing has been crazy, but now I see it was for the advancement of the gospel. Now my entire household or my entire apartment knows about Christ. What would it look like for that to be true for you? Like, just just imagine that, like, uh, several weeks from now, you're going to be writing a letter to somebody just like Paul saying, hey, I just want you to know about my situation, but here's the way that Jesus was spread during this time. What would it look like in your apartment, in your house, for the name of Jesus to be spread everywhere. So that's one section. But now let's imagine what would it look like for the name of Jesus to spread outside of your home or your apartment? What would it look like for others outside of your home to learn about the thing that Jesus is doing in you? I think one of the biggest and easiest places is just inviting people to your community group. I mean, all they have to do is log into Zoom and they've made it. You don't have to convince them you know, to drive 15 minutes out to Woodway anymore. You just have to say, hey, here's the link. Can you click it and come on? And then they're there. Um, I mean, you can reach out and share Jesus with so many different people in so many different ways. It could be anything. Uh, Maybe you're smart and you want to offer online tutoring for free so you can talk with people about Jesus. Or maybe that you're just like an encourager. So you just want to start going through your contacts and just calling somebody every day and speak the hope of Jesus in their life. I mean, I don't, I don't know, get creative. Maybe like, maybe you're like, you're a painter or something and you want to paint uh, small pictures and mail them to people and just spread the hope of Jesus. I don't know. I know it sounds ridiculous. What I'm trying to say is think outside the box, innovate, look for the way the spirit is moving because the gospel will not be contained. Where is he calling you and get in on it? He's moving. So get in with it. Like see where he's going and follow him. 
And my hope, uh, so my hope, I'm wrapping up here, but my hope is that your groups um, this week will take some time to reflect on this passage. Um, and after you've reflected on it for a while, have a brainstorm session about what shelter-in-place evangelism looks like individually and for your group. Like, what does it look like for y'all to continue to spread the name of Jesus? Um, so to wrap up, I thought we could jump back to my conversation with Nate and Raven. I asked him some questions about this topic, and I thought it was helpful. Uh, so I think we could uh, listen to them and see what else they have to say. Just want to give you a preview um, before we go back to this interview. In the next couple of weeks, I think we might just be hitting topics like how to have a quiet time, how to pray, these kinds of things um, that we're having to double down on right now for good reason. And I think it'd be good for us to just explore it. So I'm looking forward to that. I love you guys. And if you need anything, never hesitate to reach out. Um, you can tell your leaders that you need something and they'll get in touch with me, or you can just shoot me an email, a text, uh, anything you need, let me know. All right, now let's finish up by listening to the rest of this interview. Okay, so the topic this week is evangelism during quarantine. And so first question, y'all spent like a week on the island sharing the gospel with people. Uh, what's your favorite way to start a gospel conversation? Yeah, I think um, it varies. Because, um, I mean, at least the way that I did it during the week at Beach Reach was just get to know them first. Because you can't just run right up to them and slap them in the face with Jesus. I mean, you got to understand yeah. where they're coming from. Um, but I, I mean, the most efficient way that I found just on the beach was just letting them know why I'm there. Like, yeah, like, you know, we're, we're doing free van rides and free pancakes, but in all honesty, you know, anyone can do that. Like the reason why I'm here is just to use that as a tool to like, let you know what's been happening in my life and just to let you know that you could have the same thing. Um, and so just kind of like just leading into that understanding where they're coming from, but also just kind of just being straight up and why you're there and why you're talking to them. Um, but like in a loving way. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Raven. Yeah. I don't, know if I really have like a specific way just like Nate said it's different with every person um but something that like is super important to me is like where I find my joy and so like just like um getting to know people but then like getting to the root of where they find their joy um and just like and then sharing where I find my joy in in the Lord um so yeah just um I don't know, especially in this time, it's really hard. People are isolated and lonely. Um, yeah. So it's a, um, finding the joy and like people seeing that you still have joy in this time um, is a great opportunity to tell them why you have joy. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think y'all both started off answering it right. Like, I don't think there should be a formula that you walk up to anybody with, right? Like you shouldn't have some kind of like Jesus slogan that you just throw at them like, now what do you think, you know? But I do think, you know, you talk to them, you get to know them, and then you say the thing that is natural to you. Like, it should be natural to you because you're a follower of Jesus, and you say the thing that's just normal to you. It's like, I'm a follower of Jesus, and so I'm doing this, or I take joy in this, and just share the gospel. And it's super good. So uh, that being said, we're in quarantine. Um, so how, uh, how are we supposed to share the gospel uh, during quarantine? Um, I would say just reach out to people you haven't talked to in a while, um, check up on people, share the gospel with the cashiers, 
Um, mm. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. People need the gift that you have. Don't hoard it. Um, not to mention these little machines that we have in our hands everywhere <laughs> we go. They're made for connecting. Um, just because you're not in person doesn't mean it's not personal. Um, it means so much to me when people reach out and check on me, just like a text or maybe a FaceTime. Be that person for others. Make the effort to talk to people, especially during this time when people are lonely. Awesome. Very good. Nate, you got anything to add to that? Uh, again, just to kind of reiterate, I thought that was really good. Um, just one thing that I've learned, even though we're in quarantine or um, just like the, shoot, what's it called? The shelter in place. Yeah. Even though we're in, sh- you can splice that out. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, even though we're in the shelter in place, um, that still doesn't mean that you can't get out. That still doesn't mean you can't go exercise in Cameron park or, you know, go to HEB or go get gas. I mean, like you can do, you can still do things. Um, just not a crazy amount. Um, so one thing that I've learned is like people, people are starting to realize that they can't do this on their own anymore. Um, I think a lot of idols are being exposed, especially in this time with sports or just financial. I think everything's just being taken away from people um, that, you know, people fill this hole in their lives. Like we're made to worship God. Um, so there's this, this hole that we need Jesus. Um, but a lot of people don't realize that. So they filled it with other things that are temporary. Um, and once those things are taken out, people are just left with the whole. Um, uh, so I think especially in this time, people are starting to realize like, ooh, I, I need saving. I need a Lord in my life. Um, and so I've talked to a couple people just at HEB or just like drive through windows and stuff and just like just been straight up like, hey, like I'm curious, how are you doing? You know, especially with all this going on. And um, I've had a lot of good conversations and ended up praying with the guy through the drive through window at In-N-Out. Um, he was a Christian. I didn't like lead him to Christ or anything, but it's just like, it was still encouraging just to hear how he was doing and what he's doing with his life and stuff. And yeah. I think just stepping out in boldness and just, you know, keeping that six feet, but at the same time, you know, people, people need conversation. People need Jesus and people need you to, to step out in boldness and just let them know that Jesus saves. Yeah. You know, I, I really do think that this is a huge huge moment. Um, I think there are going to be so many people that are so isolated um, that if you hit them up and you say, Hey, my community group's uh, having a zoom meeting. Do you want to join? It's very possible. They might say, yes, they might not have gone in the past. Um, but now their schedule's kind of cleared up and they're just kind of sitting at home. And um, I, I do think a big thing is just going to be yeah, reaching out to those people that are isolated. And uh, like Nate said, like when you're on the go, realize that those people are in the same boat that you're in. And uh, like Raven was talking about, like go through your contacts and find somebody that you're like, you know what, I'm going to call this person and I'm going to do everything I can to bless them. Um, it'd just be cool. Um, so, Hey guys, thank you so much uh, for hopping on here and uh, talking with me. And uh, I'm sure, I'm sure it'll be blessing. Everybody's blessing to me. Uh, so I love you guys and I'll see you later. Love you too, Blake. (laughs) 